Hi, I'm Colin. I'm one of the founders here at Clear Function. I'm Keith. I'm the intern here at Clear Function. Awesome. So, Keith, let's talk today about your time here. All right, yeah. <laughs> um, I've been working for Clear Function about a year now, it'll be a year in September. And um, I, this is not my first internship. I've been, this is my fourth or fifth. And But Clear Function's been a unique experience in a lot of different ways that I think um, is really uh, special to this company and the group of people that work here. Let me start by kind of comparing it to what I've done in the past. Some sure. of my past internships have kind of been, I've had more of a larger role, I guess. Not to say that my role at Clear Function feels diminished in any sort of way, but on my other internships, I spent a lot of my time being the primary Rails developer. Um, everybody else was more in design capacity or marketing capacity. Um, Clear Function, I was able to spend more as much time as I spent actually coding and programming, I was able to spend that same amount of time learning as well from some of the people who are just the most experienced in the industry. Um, so that's been an amazing experience that um, I don't feel like I got anywhere else. Another thing that Clear Function has is really just a focus on business, a focus on providing value to a business. I've gotten to see how important that is in the different facets surrounding that approach through a lens that, again, I don't think um, I've gotten elsewhere. Okay. And when you say business, like, just say a little bit more about that. Like, is, it, is it the business of, of an agency or the business of our clients? What, what do you mean by that? Kind of both. Um, so from an agency perspective, I've handled probably about 12 different projects throughout my time here. And it showed me the way agency functions. It's not my first agency, but it's my first agency that's so focused on development. And so this, I can be able to see past the code base, to see past the specific particular instances of each client and be able to see past to how we as a business provide value to other businesses and how we're able to stay uh, functioning in business as well. As far as the business of our clients, having a website in general, a, mm -hmm. a basic marketing site, is provides tremendous value to any business at multiple, at any level, small business or a large corporation. Sure. But the software that we manufacture and that any agency really manufactures provides, it may, I guess I can, what I'm trying to say is clear function help me see how valuable that really is. When you think about, you know, before I'm just a teenager and some of the real world numbers aren't mm -hmm. as, don't immediately come to me. But when I think about, you know, how much everybody, how much I make or how much everybody else makes and what value that is when you add up all the hours being spent in these products, um, it's a, something that, I didn't really realize before, like, hey, this software is expensive and it's valuable. And that value drive can drive an entire business. It can propel a business like Clear Function to being immensely profitable. And if I remember right, uh, a lot of your previous experience, what, what was really more from the design side. Mm -hmm. so, so you were you were helping bring, um, I guess, function maybe to a little bit more informational type of sites, like uh, WordPress sites or that sort of thing, right? Um, or am I off there? A little bit. So um, I did, I, my first internship was for a Rails company. I was doing a lot of, I uh, was learning Rails alongside um, a couple of people, but it was like maybe three or four total. Mm -hmm. um, and, but after that, I was really 
did it was more of a design like you said um i was learning how to be a designer and also doing rails on the side and kind of combining um the perspective of a developer and a designer so <clears throat> where my html css meets my actual um development know-how um that's where the perspective of my of that particular internship and then the other one was just completely out of the park. I was doing Java for a medical application, so that one was kind of out there. But the other ones, yeah, I was bringing more of a unique blend of development and design. Mm-hmm. And at Career Function, I'd really be able to focus on honing my skills as a developer. That, And I didn't really get the chance to do that at um, other companies just because of the situation uh, right. where I was. Okay, well, cool. Um, so we used you in a lot of different capacities. <clears throat> Sometimes you were, um, uh, for, for some of the smaller projects, the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of doing the project. In a lot of cases, you were more of a supporting role. Either you're just kind of doing bug fixes or for some of our products, you were uh, handling a, a customer request that they noticed something was off or had a question or whatever it was and you were investigating for it. Uh, which types of uh, roles or, or what type of work do you feel like what was most valuable in, in your internship? I feel like the roles where I was, where I was more of a supporting role mm-hmm. helped me the most because I was able to work alongside people who knew what they were doing. Um, one of the most astounding things that I experienced while working at Clear Function was there was a guy who hadn't really done much Rails development before, but he hopped on a Rails project and was doing things so quickly and found his way around the language. I'm just like, whoa, he doesn't even know Rails. I've been doing Rails for like four years and I still couldn't do those things. And so when I looked through his code and looked at him as a person, I realized that there's a next level, a next step Mm -hmm. in kind of this journey to mastery, I guess, of our craft. Because that's what it's all about, right? You want to, you know, we go here, we work eight hours a day, we make money, but at the end of the day, you want to be able to get better and become more valuable so you, you know, make more Mm -hmm. and just that experience of being able to see somebody who came from a completely dot from a dot net background and being able to switch ecosystem as quickly to something like rails um it was immensely valuable to me as a uh, developer all right so you, you you were saying that um you were saying that you enjoyed uh, kind of pairing with people, um, other other guys on the team, and working alongside of them versus kind of being left to your own devices, if you will, and kind mm-hmm, of yeah. like kind of owning the whole project yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were some of the things that that came out of that, or that you learned from from pairing with some of the other guys? Yeah, so I was able to learn a lot in terms of what it really means to architect an entire system. So previously, most of the things I worked on, most of the applications software that I built were very small, um, maybe a small SaaS app or a tiny WordPress site. But when the projects I worked on at Clear Function, there have been a lot of discussions just being in the office where I was able to hear about, you know, distribution of of that application that you're sitting. So low balancers, uh, having to think about traffic. And it really kind of made me aware of the fact that when we program something when we write this code we're not just building one standalone thing that's going to work perfectly the same way it does on our machine you have to plan for huge amounts of users you have to plan for all this traffic and you've got to code with that in mind so one of the big first things that i realized when i started working here 
was um, database calls. Mm -hmm. So when I wrote code, Ruby's Rails is an amazing uh, framework, but it's really easy to get lost in calling, you know, database calls and have your you have finds and where's and all this stuff literate through your code where it's not really necessary. So when I did look through my code, I had a lot of database calls that just weren't necessary. I could have stored it in a variable and then queried it in Ruby, or I was looping through huge amounts of data without any idea of just how much of what kind of toll that was going to take on my throughput when I finally deployed the application. And it's just things like that about really um, trying to make this the best piece of software possible that I just was not aware of before working uh, at Clear Function. Gotcha. Yeah, I think database calls especially are one of those areas where um, anytime you have an ORM like that, mm -hmm. uh, that you just kind of write code functionally like you would like because <laughs> you're a developer and you're, you're going along and you don't realize uh, the implications of that code that you're writing. Definitely. Um, so that's definitely one of the challenges. Yeah, well, one of the things we like to talk a lot about is that um, when we write code, that's all good and well, but we've actually delivered zero value to our customer until it's running in the environment they need it to, and it's actually been delivered to them. So exactly. that's definitely that, that focus on um, what that experience is going to be like in production. And if, for example, if they need high availability, and so we need multiple web servers so that one can be taken out and rebooted um, or patched or whatever it is um, without going down, then that's certainly one of the primary considerations. Very cool. Um, so uh, what are some other things that you learned th through pairing? Is there anything specifically or um, any other things that, that, that come to mind? Um. I guess one of the things is the programming patterns. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, I haven't necessarily shown up by name, like Singleton or Observer or Factory. I've been able to see, like when I submit a pull request, um, I may, uh, the person who's reviewing my pull request might say, hey, well, I see you use this multiple times, and it's not really very advantageous for us to keep calling this uh, keep instantiating new objects of this mm -hmm. uh, particular ob uh, model. So maybe make a service for this and then distribute it that way. And um, realizing that the way I learned how to program in the tutorials aren't the way, aren't necessarily the way you want to go about it. Right. So there comes a time in a programmer's career. Um, I, I'm self-taught. I took like two college classes on Java but everything else in terms of Rails, that's people showing me tutorials and I'm teaching myself. Mm -hmm. That takes you so far. There's only so far you can learn, so much you can learn about being a programmer from uh, tutorials and blog posts. Getting that extra perspective, that's something that I feel really takes having, I guess, a mentor or somebody more experienced who can look at your code and say, not even necessarily what you're doing wrong, but how can you do this better? How can you do this the best way possible? How can you how can you architect this code and take the same time to build this that an actual engineer would? So one blog post I remember reading a while back was about how in the US we use the term engineer, especially in the software development industry, pretty liberally. Mm -hmm. um, however, in places like Canada and other countries, you can't just call yourself an engineer because the word engineer, or the title of engineer, carries with it a lot of responsibility and a lot of accountability that doesn't necessarily transfer to our, um, to our industry. Mm -hmm. So the same time we would spend, the same time engineers spend planning out and plotting out and 
you know, getting an architect and building a building, the same amount of time and care spent to do that should kind of be proportional to how much time we spend in our code. And I think that, um, let me think you'd agree uh, that a lot of people, especially in junior positions, that's kind of what separates, I think, junior from senior developers and title-wise, is somebody who's conscious of the fact that we are building something for somebody's consumption and not just, you know, some a starter project. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, one of the things when, when I was uh, just getting started in programming that, that I felt uh, found pretty uh, frustrating is that uh, things like user groups or community mm-hmm. events or whatever it was, um, it, presenters would often use the phrase, I mean, I would never write this. This is not production ready code or yeah. I would never write this for like, you know, for f- production code. Um, and then they would show an example and I'm like, so, so where do I find the production code examples <laughs> exactly. that I can like actually model, model my day to day work after. Um, and it's not until you actually work alongside, uh, people who have done it wrong several yeah. times and kind of been through, the, been through the paces themselves and you see how they approach the problem that, and you can even yeah. ask them, okay, I see that you did this differently than I would, would, can you, can you help me ex- uh, understand mm-hmm how you came to that as a solution um, that you really start to understand uh, what production ready code looks like. It definitely. And it's just not a, you just don't see many uh, user group talks, for example, on air handling. It's just not, yeah. it's not, I guess it's not a sexy enough topic. You know, people <laughs> just don't get excited about, uh, about air handling, but yeah. it turns out it's really important in the real world. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, did you have a similar experience with that? Um, I air handling was necessarily one of the things, but um I guess uh, one of the things, one of the recent conversations I just had was about domain, I think domain-driven design or domain-oriented mm-hmm. design, yep. and understanding that uh, one example that the people in the conversation gave, I was just kind of a listener, the uh, fly on the wall to this conversation. Mm-hmm. One example given was like an accountant, or no, an account for a specific company. So if in a big corporation, there may be um, a sales team and a marketing team. An account for your marketing team is necessarily an account for your sales team. Even though, so as far as the way we name things, so we, the way we name our models, name it, the way we name our data, mm-hmm. has to take on the same constraints and the same attributes of the things after which we're modeling that data. So an account for a salesperson may need to be more flexible or may need to have more of a financial backing than than an account for marketing person so just that kind of understanding that we have different types of customers you have different types of needs and that one solution isn't always the best solution for that particular need is something that you're just not aware of and it feels so there's a time in my career where i was still i think my junior year of high school and i was kind of feeling frustrated because I was like, okay, where do I get better? Where do I know I'm not, you know, ready to go out here and start making the hundred thousand dollars that is advertised for the development community or for development jobs. So where do I go to get better? And because I was in school, I wasn't able to focus on going out and reading and trying stuff out and learning new things. And so I got frustrated. But when I was able to come here, I was able to see that mm, yes, the reading is important. But there are things about serving the needs of a business that can be a lot more valuable to you as a developer than any blog post about a particular technology can ever be. Gotcha. Very cool. Uh, 
I'm also thinking back to, to, to lesson, lessons learned um, uh, when I was first starting out, especially working with other other senior level developers. And one of those was was how to use how to use the tools. Yeah, is that something you've also found to be true that by, by watching other people and being mm-hmm. in the office physically with them, you, you, you see them do something, you ask what what was that? What keystroke was that? Oh, you know, yeah. how did you make that happen that I just saw? So there's a there's a guy at, um, here at Clear Function. And he is, when I first saw him work, it was like watching magic, literally. He was so fast, so comfortable in his development environment. He uses Vim, of course. So that explains about half of that. Vim is magic. Vim is magic. I'm not ever going to use Arguably it. Arguably black magic. Yeah, I'm not really sure. <laughs> True. I don't know how half of those things work, but <laughs> to each their own. But he, he's just amazing. And I guess until I really saw that, I didn't make the connection between speed transfers you can get more work done in less time it transfers to i can charge more work for my hour more money for my hours because my hours are more valuable and that drive and that provides more profit to your business mm-hmm. and we spend so much time thinking about oh rails is good for this or that's good for this and i gotta make sure i know this language and that language and that language particularly in javascript it's a very fast-paced community but sometimes i don't i feel like the emphasis is not put as much on tooling and setting up your environment there are tools like PGCLI and uh, Platinum Searcher and things like that. Fish uh, versus Zish. Th- tools that people have spent time to create in order to make the the everyday toils, I guess, of being a developer more and more efficient. So every developer is going to open a text editor. Every developer is going to need to search something mm-hmm. multiple times during a day. And people have spent the time to make tools that say, hey, this is a lot easier. It's a lot faster. And so the less time you spend searching for a particular rogue comma or searching for variable to rename, mm-hmm. the more time you can spend actually doing development stuff and providing value to your company. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we made it a little bit of an acronym policing here. Okay, <laughs> let's go to back, back through some of those uh, mm-hmm. tooling that you thought was uh, the some of the biggest game changers mm-hmm. for you. Um and talk just briefly about what each of those do. Yeah, so uh, PGCLI is a um, command line tool for Post, the Postgres database. There's mm-hmm. also um, MyCLI for MySQL, mm-hmm. and it adds really cool things like um, pretty print in your console. It adds colors to make you be able to read it easier. It does um, autocomplete. At least PGCLI does. They allow you to like. I may have a Rails database automatically configured and say. I might not remember the name of that database, depending on where I am. So I can just say, use tab, and then something list on my databases in Postgres show up, and I can select it, and then, oh, that's what it is. And um, another one out there is RuboCop. Mm-hmm. RuboCop is a linter for Ruby code. And linters, let me say a word about linters. Linters can be really annoying at first, because they constantly want you to change things that aren't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But... They help add to the overall efficiency of your code. They help add to the presentability of your code. And you can really learn a lot about that particular language through linters. Uh, one example I can think of was the Ruby Lambda operator. I learned Ruby through Rails. I didn't learn like, okay, these are all the Ruby uh, core library and here's Rails. I learned like, okay, here's your controller first. Right. So I didn't necessarily know about this from the key contracts in the Ruby language. So when I... I typed Lambda, open bracket, and start typing code. And then I kept it all on one line. 
and then Robocop highlights it in this in this yellow print and says, "Hold up, you can use Arrow instead." I was like, "Huh, I didn't realize that Ruby had an Arrow." And <clears throat> you end up seeing things about the language like I can do this better, I can do this more efficiently, and it's actually a best practice when you're going to interview for another job maybe. Uh, people who they may have you to be a code interview and mm-hmm. they might maybe look at not necessarily just does your code work but how easy is your code to read for somebody coming behind you mm-hmm. and the things that RuboCop or any lenser really tell you to do they help improve the overall quality of your code and make it more likely for you to get hired maybe they can right. be a design factor this guy may be able to write code to do a really complex task but I can't read it for my life. If he happens to leave or have to take time off, I can't maintain it. But this guy, he may not do it in such a cool way, but I can read his code a lot simpler. Mm-hmm. That can be the difference. And I know you as somebody who hires, that's probably something that you look for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, as a hard, uh, hard fought or hard one lesson, uh, whenever uh, you realize that just six or 12 months after you write the code, if you yourself have a hard time understanding and reading your own code, if you've been on a project that's long mm-hmm. enough or you maybe you have to come back to it to, to fix a bug or whatever it is, uh, and, and you're thinking, what, what was I thinking when I wrote this? And so, so now constantly as I'm, as I'm writing code, I'm thinking uh, as much for future Colin as, yeah. as you know, teammates or whatever else. Mm-hmm. I want to make this stupid simple, so you just glance at it. You know what's happening. That's a good point. Um, and what, what, one of the things that that uh, I say a lot is, uh, if the code is clever, you might try a different way. You know, <laughs> clever is probably not mm. the right way to go. Uh, clear is is definitely preferred mm. over clever. So yeah, that's that's definitely an excellent uh, excellent lesson to learn early on. For sure. Um, so you and I, and I know that you've been talking with others too, have been having, um, a, a lot of conversations recently, just kind of, you, you're about to head to college mm-hmm. and you're thinking about, okay, what do I need to learn? And what do I need to be thinking about? What's my direction going to be? What, what have you uh, kind of walked away with in terms of like, which questions were the, the most effective to ask, mm-hmm. um, as well as kind of just, you know, what's your direction from those, uh, answers? Um, so I wanted to know mostly about where I can kind of branch off my computer programming experience too. So I'm going to a smaller college in Tennessee that's going to allow me to kind of skip or get credit for the basic programming classes. So I've got a lot of time on my hands if I'm going to spend the general four years. So I thought to myself, I want to spend this time doing something. I really see myself, my dream or long-term goal is to maybe own an agency at some point because I like agency work and I like the agency experience. It's been by far the type of job that I've enjoyed the most. And um, talking and seeing that um, it doesn't really, the degree doesn't necessarily matter. Somebody once told me that a degree is a piece of paper that tells other people that you know how to do what you already know how to do. And in this industry, that definitely, I'm not going to say it's always the case. So I'm not telling any prospective teenagers out there to go and skip college. But a degree definitely doesn't serve as much of a role in this particular industry as it does in an industry such as engineering or as nursing, for example. So definitely be careful. Don't go and spend $120,000 a year or $120,000, not a year, $120,000 for college and for a computer science degree, but it might not always be necessary. Try to find somebody, try to learn on your own. First of all, the internet is an amazing resource and try to find somebody who's going to let you go and learn um, next to them as a programmer. I feel like that's definitely more of a valuable experience. And that's kind of what's propelled my career. I 
went to college. I went to a community college um, for four years to learn a little bit about programming. But around my sophomore year of high school, I kind of realized that what they were taking about three months to teach me, I could have read online somewhere and not have paid 400 bucks a class for it. So I would, I guess in terms of the advice that I've learned throughout my career and throughout talking to a lot of the senior people around me is that the tools are out there for you to be able to do what you want to do. You just have to find the right people, start yourself with the right people. You can ask, you can um, throw ideas out, you can get feedback from, surround yourself with those people and put the time in on your own to try to hone your craft and find out the things about what you want to do. So I know that I want to own a business one day. So I go and follow business uh, accounts on Twitter. I subscribe to business posts on Medium um, along with my programming uh, podcasts and Twitter feeds and things like that. Just put yourself in a position to prosper. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I will tag on one additional thing. It seems like uh, depending on the type of programming work you want to get into, uh, it seems like specifically algorithmic type Mm. work is really where a computer science degree really shines. True. And so if, if you're wanting to get into algorithms, um, uh, and I would say even if you're just uh, doing business development, um, mm-hmm. business applications and, you know, Rails apps, you know, yeah. web apps, um, then usually there's not a whole, you know, just a massive component of uh, algorithmic type work. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it helps to understand truly how data structures work. And also performance tuning, tuning is also another area definitely. where that engineering degree, definitely understanding how things like B-trees work and, and mm-hmm. how... Uh, data is persisted to disk and understanding how uh, indexes for like databases work and all that. So if, if you want to understand things at that level, um, I would say that's the area where a degree really shines. Totally agree. Also, um, something that I've got to say something for degrees, um, it just might not necessarily be what I want to go to go through um, career wise, but artificial intelligence and big Absolutely. data and that's there's a huge industry out there. Every major corporation is trying to find a way to streamline their processes and provide a more again going back to providing value to their customers. And so, uh, computer scientists, people who work with big data and artificial intelligence, um, the people who put Siri together, those kind of interactions. There's a whole industry behind that 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 computer science degree is vital for. And even I'd say a master's degree can be extremely rewarding. There's something to be said for even though you might necessarily use something, you've got to appreciate the education factor. I've always Mm -hmm. loved learning. I've always Mm -hmm. loved the ability to just sit and pick people's brains. And when you're able to go to a school and hear from people who've spent years honing their craft and now want to come and give back to the next generation, that's an experience that I don't think can be traded for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You learn a lot more at college than just whatever your degree is in, for sure. sure. Absolutely. So, Colin, I know um, I was, I know from my perspective why I want to do an internship and the benefits it provides for me, but from a business owner's perspective, um, I guess to put it bluntly, how does it help you um, other than empowering the youth of tomorrow? Like, how does <laughs> having an intern uh, benefit you as a company? Sure, sure. Uh, that is one of the reasons for it is just to kind of give back to the community and give back to you know really the the, the next generation. And so that's that's absolutely part of part of the thinking behind it. Um, I will say also that uh, I mean 
honestly, interns are just cheaper than, <laughs> than are a senior engineer. And Cheap. so um, there is definitely the sort of work that can be done, uh, you know, bug fixing and uh, training someone along. And th- there's part of me that, that hopes that it's an investment for the future, even with you specifically of, um, I would love for you to come and work at Clear Function after you graduate college for, for a year or two. I know that you ultimately want to start your own agency. Um, and we can be frenemies at that point, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, I, w- I would love to work with you for however many years you'd be interested in working uh, immediately after school too, if that's something you want to do. And so it just uh, having those experiences, um, making those contacts. And even if we don't directly work together, there's a you know high likelihood that you, you go to college and you may not come back and work for us, but maybe, uh, you meet other, uh, talented, uh, engineers there mm-hmm. at school and you say, Hey, there's this agency in, in Memphis. If you're moving there, you should check out Claire function. Yeah. And so, um, there, there's benefit from that as well from a from a recruitment standpoint, either you directly or your friends. Mm-hmm. How important would you, would you say is training um, internal talent and investing in the company from that perspective in terms of personnel? So, um, I mean, it's key. It's very important uh, for, for that to happen. I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of the guys on this team um, have worked together for a number of years at, at, at various employers. Um, and the reason that we have ended up back together is because we like to, we like to grow together. You know, mm-hmm. we like to sharpen each other uh, and make each other better. And so, uh, that, that is key. And you've got to, you got to make room for that. And there are lots of different ways that can happen. Um, uh, I mean the internship itself and just kind of partnering you with, uh, more experienced developers, obviously mm-hmm. that's one way that that happens. That happens even just from senior developer to senior developer. When, yeah. they, when they work together, they're still learning from each other. Yeah. Um, some of it is a little bit more uh, specific and intentional. Uh, so things like lunch and learns internally, you know, somebody will do a deep dive into a new technology like Azure, you know, uh, or AWS or whatever it is. And then they will spend some time at lunch just, you know, teaching the rest of the team to do that. Um, another example is later this year, we're all uh, going to a um, to a conference together, uh, DevSpace. Um, in Huntsville, Alabama. And so uh, there, there's a, there's several different reasons for that. One of them obviously is learning. Yeah. Another one is giving back. Several of the guys are actually giving talks there. Um, but it's also just spending time together. Um, yeah. And in, in those conversations, just kind of on, on, a, on a personal level, we'll, we'll grow together as a team, but also uh, on a professional level, as we kind of process together the, the talks that we're giving and the talks that we're going to, we also grow together. Now, I know it sounds a bit cliche, but I definitely think there's something to say for, and you can expound on this, for the fact that the people, the team that is Clear Function has, the majority of them have worked together for a large period of time. And the typical programmer stereotype is you know, somebody's not sociable, doesn't know how to work together. And um, how important would you say in the work environment and in terms of productivity is having that long-term relationship with people and being able to grow together as a company. How does it provide value to Clear Function as a business? Yeah, for sure. Uh, team fit's super important. And so that can look a lot of different ways. Um, you know, there's obviously different levels of, of how social people are. Um, but they, they do need to fit well into the team and they do want to need to be able to, uh, first of all, uh, communicate well and engage in conversation because that's, uh, that's a key part of how we work as we work yeah. together. So even, even if we're, you know, if there's five different team members or five different projects, we're still helping each other mm-hmm. and providing value to each other, even though we're not directly assigned to that project. Um, and so if, if someone can't communicate well, um, for whatever reason, then that's definitely a detriment to them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just practicing talking about technical things, things like going to user groups, mm-hmm. things like just having friends that, that are in the industry, um, being out and about and just talking to people about these sorts of things definitely is a, is a key, 
uh, I guess, skill to learn, uh, one that you've learned very well because you you've done like just massive amounts of community involvement <laughs> already. Um, but um, uh, some developers haven't. And mm. so like when it, then when it comes to an interview and you just kind of want to talk tech with them, they have a hard time articulating what they know. A lot of them, I can guess mm. that they really, they have the answer, but yeah. they, they have such a hard time getting it out and articulating mm. it. Um, that it makes me concerned that even if they did have the skill set um, technically that they had, uh, I would be concerned that they would be able to collaborate collaborate with a team like we would hope and like we would expect them to. Yeah, these are the kind of things that you can't read on an article. You can't necessarily be able to see how important it is or how valuable it is. Even if you're not in technology or in development, you may be a prospective business person wanting to start their own business and learning how important it is to have a team that's able to communicate and work as, and work together um, is something that internships in general provide. It's a great value to both sides, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, what, one of the things that we've enjoyed is, you know, you'll occasionally go to lunch with us and that sort of thing. Just like having you be a part of the team is something this team does really well is just kind of, we, we like being together. Yeah. And so like that, a lot of the guys, a lot of days a week go, go out to eat together just because mm. we like being together. So I was really glad to see that you just fell right into that and yeah. Um, yeah, just hung out with us and talked tech a lot. Yeah, it's definitely been a great experience. You know, the average 17, 16 year old can't talk about rails or whatever. So it's That's really true. cool to let That's that, true. to let that part of myself, cause it is a part of myself, you know, programming is not just what I do. It's part of who I am. Hmm. And so being able to foster that and get better at that along, but also express that part of me is definitely a great benefit. And I'm th- thankful for my time here. Just let me do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's one of those things where a lot of our wives, I think, uh, our spouses, uh, appreciate <laughs> that, uh, we kind of, we throttle it at yeah. home, you know, they probably don't want to hear about the latest rails, you know, yeah. gym or what sort of performance problems we're having a production mm-hmm. server, you know, at work or whatever. So it's nice to have that outlet to be able to share that, that part of yourself. And I assume that you probably have the same problem, like, you know, in first period class, yeah. you, know, you look to the person next to you and you're like, Hey, check out my, you know, whatever yeah. it is. And they're like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, WWDC comes up at Apple. I've got my headphones on my laptop. I know when it's happening, everybody's like, what is he doing? You know? <laughs> but so I'm really thankful for just the, that ability to be able to talk to people, even though they're not necessarily in my age group, but to talk to people of like mind in the sense that we enjoy the same things, we're looking out for the same things. When we see a new Elixir version, it excites us. When we see um, the power struggle open source, that excites us. Those things that, you know, are a part of who we are, Absolutely. are be definitely amplified and fostered in a work environment. For sure. So what would you say, as far as all the stuff things we've talked about, what would you say is the key to having a, to making a good internship program happen, to doing a internship well? That's a good question. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is, is making sure that you choose good interns. Um, <laughs> Which I, which we have done um, on our first well, one, thanks. so that's that, that's a that's a big blessing to us. Um, I think that's so key because um, if you're not excited about technology and you're not wanting to like get uh, that out of the experience mm-hmm. and learn and also forward thinking. Uh, you're very much thinking about how how can I use this to help me further my career and take the next step. Um, someone who really wants to maximize their experience here is just so key. Um, we we do things on our, our side. We, we try to, a lot of different kind of uh, ways of working with you mm-hmm. um, just to kind of experiment and say, okay, here's a small project so we can get the whole thing to you and see how that goes and mm-hmm. see how you like it and see if it's beneficial to both you and us. Here's maybe a lar- larger project. We can just mm-hmm. kind of involve you in it. And so um, I, we're learning as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think part of it is just having open communication and saying, okay, of all the things that we tried, mm-hmm. 
what worked best, kind of a, having a, a internship retrospective, if you will, yeah. um, just to use, use the agile term. Mm-hmm. And so um, th- this conversation has been good. I've yeah. known a lot of it, but some new stuff has come out even in this conversation. So um, I think just kind of learning as you go along and making sure that it's valuable to, to both parties. Absolutely. Well, cool. Uh, so what's what's next for you? Um, I guess I'm going to I'm going to go to Free Hardware. I'm going I'm to continue working uh, for Clear Function mm-hmm. and I hope to be I have a project in the works that I hope to launch while I'm in college. So we'll see where that goes. But I'm definitely going to continue working with Clear Function. I'm thankful to you for letting me work here for this year. And I look forward to whatever um, experiences we have in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thanks for, thanks for saying that. And thanks for, uh, for being here. You've definitely been, um, not only a joy to work with, but a huge asset to the company and helping us to get a lot of things done that, that we wanted to get done. So thank you for that. And, uh, we're also excited that you'll also be able to spend a few hours here and there, even while yeah. you're at college. So totally. I definitely want to keep in contact. Well, thanks for taking the time and uh, sharing some of your experiences here and, uh, look forward to continued work with you. Same. You've been listening to It Depends, a podcast by Clear Function. Clear Function is a group of happy engineers based in Memphis, Tennessee. We partner with visionaries to bring their ideas to life. For more information, check out our website at clearfunction.com.